Hey, it's Johnny Jett, and this is my 39 travel questions. And today we have Angela Sun, who is a filmmaker, documentary, journalist, and a TV host. She does the local news. She does, she's hosted travel shows, sports shows. She's the bomb. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you, Johnny. I, I guess I've kind of done a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades. You have. I, I mean... <laughs> So where did you grow up? Um, so I grew up in the Bay Area. Yay, area. <laughs> Got into the 408, um, Silicon Valley, actually. Good for you. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you got some of that Silicon jobs. Oh, I, well, now with the whole climate of what the economic climate is right now, it's pretty intense and scary what's lying ahead for our future, I guess. For but sure. where that because we want to talk about happy that's right so where do you where do you, where do you live now so i live in la in santa monica right now and um my house is very messy but <laughs> this is my living room <laughs> and where'd you go to college i went to ucla and so shout out to the bruins and yep. i've been down here in la since but i've spent like half my life up north and half my life down here. So I'm, I'm a true native Californian. You like, are, and what'd you study at UCLA? I studied sociology and communications. Okay. But I always knew I wanted to get into media. We just didn't have like a TV station or anything set up at that time, so. I bet you they do now. They do, Bruin News. Yeah, they must. Uh, so how much have you traveled? Do you know, have any idea how many countries you've been to? You know, I've been to over 60 countries and I probably should have gotten this That's okay. information for you beforehand. Um, but I know I've been to over 60 countries and- How many continents? Uh, six, I think. Six? Have you been to Antarctica? No, I have not. Africa, Africa. Um, yes. Asia? Yes. South America? And I know you've been to Australia because you just came back. You actually were tested positive for COVID-19 while you were there. You were one of the first couple hundred people to get it in Australia. And yep. um, so what yeah. was that experience like coming back to America and, and actually having COVID? Well, so I documented the experience. Um, I made, there's part one of the documentary, which is when I, tested positive over, over there and then I was put in hospital isolation um, for until I tested uh, two negatives within 24 hours and then I also did another 14-day quarantine after that in Australia and then I came home so I made sure that I did not bring it back here <laughs> but then when I came back here so it's kind of part two the follow-up part one is already up um, it's on my socials and on YouTube. Um, Where can people find you? Yeah, so they could they could check it out at Sunny Angela um, on I think on Facebook and Twitter. I'll make a I'll make a blog post. I'll send it to you, and you can send me all your handles, and we'll we'll put it in there so people can uh, you know hopefully go to JohnnyJet.com, sign up to the newsletter, subscribe to this channel, like this video, follow Angela, and um, so, I, so I had to document the experience because as a filmmaker, I did a film called Plastic Paradise about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And, you know, as a producer and someone who always is looking at things from a different lens, I was like, well, 
since I'm one of the first people in here, I might as well just document the experience. And then I start sharing on Instagram live and, you know, kind of real time what's going on and little nuggets um, happening in Australia. So I studied abroad in Australia at UNSW um, when I was during my time at UCLA and I fell in love with the country and the continent. And I've gone back many a time and have lots of good friends there. So I've gone back multiple times for, Oh, sorry. That's, my email. that's all right. I thought it was um, mine. For, for weddings and stuff as well. And so I was there for my friend's wedding. And um, that was right in the early stages of the pandemic when nothing was shut down yet. Life was still normal. Like people were just living life, you know, with their friends and hugging people and touching people. And so, um, yeah, it was a crazy experience. And to kind of be ahead of, you know, the curve, I guess, because I was the first I was the first positive case in the city of Cairns in Queensland, which is a very, you know, touristic town. I mean, it's, it's all tourism up there for mainly for the Great Barrier Reef and for diving. So uh, it was quite interesting to have that experience. Um, and I just want to tell people like, be transparent and be real. Like I've never ugly cried as much as I've ugly cried, you know, in this little piece that I put together and, um, and then coming back, um, I've been talking to experts and I'm part of the UCLA antibody research. So I've donated blood to them and hoping to donate blood plasma. Um, and yeah. So how did, they, how did they treat you in Australia when they found out that you had it and you got it at this wedding because it was all over the news. It was like the COVID yeah. wedding or something they called it. Yeah, there was about there was about 42 cases in total um, from the wedding guests and such. Um, and uh, did the bride and groom get it? Bride and groom did not. They tested negative, um, and they have been super vigilant on telling us about you know like informing us as we went along. It was just the early stages, so no one knew what to do. Like the Department of Health didn't reach out to us till a little later and you know they Australia you know looking back at the situation and comparing it to being now back at home now for over a month um, I feel like they really did a good job of contact tracing and of isolation and just being really vigilant on locking down their borders um, anyone who came in regardless of if you're a national or if you're a foreigner or whatever were immediately sent to hotels and quarantined for 14 days. Um, and this was during the beginning. They were a little late to the game of starting to shut down borders and social distancing. Uh, they were probably like a week and a half after the US. But once they did it, they locked it down. And their cases are around you know, 8,000. In LA County alone, we have 42,000 confirmed cases. And that's just one county in all of Southern California, not even the state. So just to give you some sort of uh, you know, example or comparison contrast, but I really do commend them for it. As an American, it was very weird though, because when I was there, I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, like I felt like my rights were infringed on because they really gave me no option. Like they told me, uh, you tested positive, you need to come in. and. I was like, um, okay, so is there any other option? Can we just like self-isolate in Airbnb or just stay here where we are since we're already here? And they were like, well, we would prefer you to come in and no, it's not really an option. And so I was there with my boyfriend and he got split off and you know was the government uh, 
quarantine situation and then I was moved to hospital isolation. Um, so did your boyfriend get it? He did not get it either. No. Wow. Negative. So, you know, I think it's really, it's, there's so much unknown about this virus and I know everyone is like a virologist all of a sudden or an epidemiologist right. like studying and reading. So there's just, there's a lot of unknown and I'm coming back still treating the, you know, guidelines and what the WHO is suggesting. I'm following all those. I never leave home without my mask now and, you know, um, follow the orders of you know, trying to stay safer at home and everything. And yeah, I looking to, looking to the countries that have been successful in flattening their curve and really slowing down their cases is like in Australia, is like a New Zealand, is like a Taiwan or a Singapore. You know, they, they were very vigilant. And um, yeah, and even my boyfriend had calls like every day. Is he Australian? No, he's American, but we jokingly called it his parole officer <laughs> who called, but it wasn't, it was just, you know, Department of Health. But they, contact traced everything and they made sure they had people calling all the time um everyone so that's a huge stark difference but also one of the biggest differences they have universal health care they're a commonwealth nation and they're taken care of and they that so much so that they take care of the foreigners or anyone can go in and get health care and they told me like your hospital bill you won't have one like wow no bill nothing i did literally did not pay a dime for any wow. of my stay which um is crazy to think about here right because the first thing you think about hospital ambulance ah no like how much money is that going to cost me so that's like a huge burden um and a relief lifted off of my shoulders but also um you know it was interesting when i talked to my aussie friends and they were like oh they saw that as treatment and care isolating me Whereas, you know, it's very American and sort of like this, like America born on, you know, rebellion and going against the government, like to have, the, that's instilled in our beliefs and our, you know, ethos. So you're like, my rights are being infringed and whatever. Looking back at all of this now, I'm so thankful that they did what they did the way they did it. And so that's the only thing I could compare and contrast on from being there and being here. And, and it's all different situation over here too, right? You, it's apples and oranges in terms of numbers and cases and population density, you know, as you know, like Australia has like half the size of the U S population and the whole entire continent, which is the size of the U S. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I have a friend in Australia right now. She just flew from San Francisco down to Australia. Only Australians can go, I think, and maybe visa holders, and when she landed, they escorted her to a hotel and mandatory quarantine, 14 days, all paid for the hotel, three meals a day, a nice hotel downtown, but there's a guard outside the room door and they don't mess around. They don't mess around. And, you know, it sounds like, ooh, free vacation, right. but it's not because you are really stuck. Like you are really, you know, there is a guard outside and it is, you know, it's, as much as it seems a bit infringement on your rights or, you know, not having freedom to move around, it's really for the protection of the collective good. And I, I do appreciate that about the Commonwealth nations. Like they do take care of their people. Right. So when you got out of the hospital, did you have to quarantine again in Australia or you just jumped on a plane? 
No, so I actually um, quarantined 14 days just because, just, you know, for extra precaution. Um, but And they test you again at the end of the 14 days? No, they didn't test me at the end, but I just wanted to, I've been super cautious. Like even when I left, I was, my mom, so my aunt lives in China and not near Wuhan, but in Chengdu and they were super locked down months before us, right? So my mom kept being like, see, I told you so. As soon as I was positive, she's like, see, I told you so. Not to go to Australia. She's very Asian mom. I'm like, mom, it's Australia. It's an island continent. It's fine. It's, you know, it's like, it's not going to reach there. And And then of course, when I tell her I'm positive, she's she's like, see, you should have listened to me. And so <laughs> I've already had this, you know, ingrained in my brain about like hand sanitizer and vitamin C, immunity stuff, like, you know, you should be wearing a mask on the plane and all this stuff, which I, you know, I did some of those, but I wiped everything down. I was always, always careful. And did and, you get it bad by the way? Or were you really sick or was it mild? No, I was mild, which is actually a little scarier because I was almost asymptomatic. Um, I had a very mild sore throat. I had some headaches. Um, I did have a fever um, and just kind of like fatigued. Like you're just tired. Like you could sleep eight hours and still be tired. And so I had a very mild case. And actually when I did my antibody test, it was low. So I don't know if it's connected to the severity of your symptoms, but I would assume so, because why would you make more antibodies if you don't need them, you know? Like I was still doing yoga some days and I was like trying to like keep moving when I was in the hospital. And, um, you know, some days though, like you just want to sit there and do nothing too. So it's up and down, but the thing is that's different. That makes it different from the flu is that it's longer and it comes in waves. So it's not like the flu where you just get knocked out and you're just like sitting in bed and you're like, just feeling gross and, you know, trying to get better. And then you get better. It's like you get hit and then you feel better and then you get hit again. (laughs) And so like, I really didn't have it very bad in the beginning or the first week. And then the second week, one day I had a fever and I was just like donezo and I just couldn't slept it off, but then I felt better. Fever? I don't know. I didn't take my temperature or whatnot, but I definitely felt, I mean, I definitely, yeah. And then what was it like flying back to the U.S.? And when you arrived at the U.S., did they test you or anything like that? Oh, so here's the craziest thing. This is so, another comparison contrast is, you know, leaving Australia, we got checked so many times. Our passports, where you're going, what's your business, just leaving the country, like, you know, and like checking all of our, you know, tickets and all that to get through in Sydney airport. And even just to get into the airport, there was like four different people outside. But then you get to SFO because there was only one flight now to Australia is the Sydney SFO flight. And you get into the US, they didn't ask, no temperature check, no asking where you came from, just not, you know, cool, you're nothing. So that's such a stark contrast to many of the Asian countries too. They all do temperature checks. They, you know, full on ask you all these questions and nothing. They were like, there were some signs posted in SFO and no one was flying, but the trippiest thing was, and I, and I did a couple like Instagram, you know, stories and stuff about it, but flying during the pandemic, traveling during the time of COVID is so weird. It was just like, 
this is an unprecedented time in history where every single airport I've been in is like a ghost town. It seems like it's 3 a.m., but it's, you know, middle of the day or like rush hour and there's no traffic. <laughs> there's like not even Ubers or anything. Like we got to LAX, no Ubers and stuff. Like we had to wait, like it just empty ghost town. And that's around the, you know, at least the one, two, three, three different airports, no, four different airports that I was at. So I was in Cairns and then Brisbane and Sydney and SFO. So five, five, five airports. And were the flights booked? Um, they were probably, the domestic flights in Australia had a little bit more people, but the international flight probably was 15% full. 15 percent full That's yeah. nice. and it was very different service it was like everything was pre-packaged wrapped in plastic none of the air uh, flight attendants could touch anything or open anything for you so waters or um you know i usually bring my refillable water bottle and yeah. like they let you do that and um any drinks so unless it was like a can of beer or, or like a you know the little wine straight giving it to you they didn't have like cocktails or anything or there was no service really and you had to like go up and get your own little like sandwich wrapped in the plastic um i'm not complaining at all but it was just such a surreal and different experience and you wear a mask the whole time no because that was also not a regulation then when i came back i see anyone else in april um some people wore masks yeah some people wore masks and gloves but actually when i was in australia um they asked us not to wear masks um, to take like, them away, not to take them away from the uh, healthcare. No, then no, no, no. They they just don't wear masks down there. Like it's not a thing. Wow. Whereas here, it's like you you are stared at if you don't have a mask in public. Over there, you're stared at if you have one. Like Still I went today, to you think, or is that changed? Because it didn't change in America. In America, at first they said don't wear a mask. Yeah, I think it is still like that over there because they've already started opening up. Like they never really, sh at least in Queensland, when I left, they didn't shut down schools yet either. Okay. Um, but there's enough room to social distance. That's the thing. Like there's enough, there's so much ground and natural ground to cover there. And you can social distance from your neighbors in a proper format. Whereas here, like a non shutdown day in Coolangatta or like gold coast was a, shut down Santa Monica, like you can't go outside and people were still outside type of day. That was like the same crowd, like the same amount of people out that I saw, which I thought was really interesting and fascinating because it was the first thing I noticed when I got home was, wow, there's a lot of people. There's just a lot of people, <laughs> like right. so many people. So I get it when rural um, counties and areas are trying to open up because they're like, oh, we don't really feel it or whatever. And perhaps they can still do the social distance properly. But I think just in big cities and big counties, like even as the other counties around us are opening, like LA will be one of the slowest because we just have a lot of people. And, you know, the numbers have not really allowed us to be able to open safely, I think. But right. so would you get on a plane right now? Um, I would not get on a plane unless it's essential travel just because. I think airports do, I mean, that's where you come in contact with so many different types of people, right? So many different travelers. And as much as I love traveling, as much as we all miss traveling and want to just have like the little, you know, carrot to dangle in front of us of the next trip, like that's kind of what gets me through always. Um, and I thought about that too, being home. I was like, man, 
it's Memorial Day weekend or like, man, you know, what was Easter or whatever, like all these sort of milestones during the year when you're usually have plans or can make plans with friends and now you can't even make a travel plan and you have nothing to dangle in front of you to work towards. Um, it's a different psyche and mentality that I think we've all had to adjust to, right? For sure. Had to too and have to pivot and everyone's had to like be, you know, be use a little uh, ingenuity to, to pivot. Without a doubt. So we're going to do the 39 travel questions, but I think I'm going to end this video and then we're going to start a new one. That way we can. Oh yeah, uh, sorry. No, that's okay. Not, not, no, it's, this is really interesting. I think this is, um, you know, we can. So the next one, if you want to hear um, Angela's 39 travel questions, you know, click the link that's, I'm sure it's right here in a little box. So I'm actually just going to put it, I'm going to put it in the middle. So, um, all right, so make sure you follow Angela and, um, and follow us, Johnny Jet, and uh, I'll see you in about a minute. Oh, bad.